I'm Taylor. And I'm Mackenzie. And, and we're, we're twins. twins. I like starting things and sometimes finishing them. And I love talking about television, which made us want to deep dive into TV pilots. So join us each week as we analyze, dissect, and possibly even enjoy some of television's greatest opening episodes in From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie. Welcome to From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie, the only podcast based in Seattle, hosted by fraternal boy-girl twins, discussing the content of different TV pilots. Probably. Probably. We hope. If you listen to our trailer, you'll know that we have dubbed ourselves the Phil and Lil of TV podcasting. Woo-woo! If you haven't, you may not know what that means, uh, and you basically just need to go watch some Rugrats real quick. But uh, a couple notes before we begin. We have been watching television since before Rugrats. Maybe maybe since we were Rugrats and have enjoyed not every minute of it, but very many minutes. Um, we have so many positive TV memories and are excited to share some of our analyses with you. Note number two. This is not a recap podcast, so while we will be talking a lot about what actually goes on in each episode we cover. Our main goal is to discuss what is successful and what is unsuccessful in each of these TV pilots. So each week we're going to follow five key storylines from the featured pilot, and then at the end of the episode we will ask five key questions to wrap up. And this will give us a fun way to have some variety, but also some structure, so that we're not just blabbing about the budget of some amazing TV show like Lost (laughs) for the entire episode. So we're very excited, and me and Taylor have been talking about TV forever because we were, we shared a womb, which... Wombmates! I don't know if you knew that you'd be hearing about wombs today in the introduction to our podcast, but we really are twins. Taylor, I would like to ask you, who was born first, you or me? Mm, I don't remember. I don't, yeah. talk, I don't like to talk about it. Well, you don't remember because you were a baby, but I was born first. Um, I am twin. I am twin A, Mackenzie. Um, but Taylor's I'm twin actually B. You're, you are twin B. It's on our Christmas stockings. I have a I have a baby A sweater, and you have a B. I'm just gonna tell you guys a secret though. Taylor's definitely the favorite twin, and probably the favorite sibling in our family. So we each got one, and that's why I hold it over his his head I'm for the rest the of her life. Most chill sibling in the family yes, so he, is. he, he gave trouble. our family the least amount of trouble it's true <laughs> but yeah we we both live in seattle we have the privilege of getting to see each other a fair amount and we really do love talking about pop, pop culture we probably facetime and text every day of the week mm-hmm. and we are both married and we both have kids so it's it's fun because we get to do life together and and talk about a lot more things than just tv yeah, we live in Seattle. We live between the Gray's Anatomy Hospital and the park where the girl got killed in the killing. So if you if you need some some reference. And you know that's actually wait, no, that's not true. It kind of is true. I need a it map. Is? I need a map. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, all of that was filmed in Vancouver, but if you want to think about what happened in real life, we really do live in Seattle. So, what's fun is that this podcast is an extension of our our real life. And we want to share our love for TV with all of you. 
True, true. Well said, Mackenzie. Let me get into the introduction for our pilot episode. The pilot mm-hmm. episode for our pilot episode. The show we are looking at today. We're very excited to talk about Stranger Things. Whoop, 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 whoop. A show we do both love. We won't spoil everything about it, but we, we both love it. We can't get around that. Um, but this was originally aired on Netflix, re- released on Netflix. They don't really air anything. On July 15th, 2016, by the Duffer Brothers, we decided to start with this show, um, you know, because it gives you a little bit of everything. You got some comedy, some mystery, some horror, some drama, some teen angst and preteen angst. Yes. I don't know how old the kids are. Pre-teens. Tween angst. Tween, tween angst. <laughs> tween angst. Yes. That is a sentence I never thought I'd say. Just a lot of angst, basically. A lot of angst, yes. <laughs> but Taylor, did you know... That the Duffer brothers are not just brothers. They are twins. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. They are the Duffer twins, which I'm not going to lie. Duffer brothers sounds better than Duffer twins. I, if you got a name like Duffer, I don't know. Go with what sounds better. But yeah, they, they like grew up making movies together, which is so cute. And I thought this was very fun that our, our pilot, where we're twins, we're talking about a pair of twins who made their, you know, we're talking about their pilot. And twins on twins on twins. Wait, are they identical? I think they are. When you look at pictures of them, they look very identical. Hmm. So we're not identical. If anyone needs to have like an anatomy lesson here, fraternal twins <laughs> that are boy and girl, it doesn't work that way. So we get asked that question a lot more than you think. Uh, but sad. the Duffer brothers seem like they're identical. So that's kind of fun. I think that's pretty serendipitous that the first episode we're ever featuring on our podcast is written by a pair of twins, created by a pair of twins. So That is very serendipitous, and I'm just going to go watch the movie Serendipity now. Mackenzie, where and when did you first watch this show originally? Well, probably in 2016, uh, since it's not that old. My husband got me into it because I'm not really a horror movie fan. Um, Are you? Do you like horror movies? Is this like your typical genre that you're going to go for? Every night a horror? No. I hate them. I think they're worthless. No, they're not worthless. They bring a lot of joy to a lot of people, but they are not for me. While I did enjoy Stranger Things, and I enjoyed... Uh, a Quiet Place, that one was good. Ooh. Great atmosphere. Um, but A Quiet Place, I think, was the first horror movie I ever watched since, like, the third grade when I watched Scream 2 and was scarred by that stupid oh, no. masked murderer. That was that mask is scary. That's legitimate. It's it's well-designed. Now, as an adult, I can I can give props to the art director for that movie or whoever designed that mask. What about well, you? Well, I, I will say my favorite, like, scary movie is Signs because, mm-hmm. you know, Joaquin Phoenix, he's just a, a mysterious person. Uh, and it's not actually that scary. But <laughs> I am not a horror movie fan at all. Like, legit, do not ever want to watch one in my life. And I saw Gothica in high school, and my friends, like, made me watch it. And I have never been more terrified in my life. So... It's funny that I really enjoy Stranger Things, and I, I do think my husband watched the first episode or two and decided that I would probably like it because it has such great characters and story, and he knows that I'm a big fan of, of good stories. So it's it's sweet enough, and the story is, is fun horror. enough. Yes. But we probably won't feature any other horror shows on this <laughs> podcast because 
you know. Maybe if there's great ta- fan requests. We'll see. Oh, gosh. You might have to pay me a lot. Pay for my therapy. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to do a little plot summary before we get into the actual episode. So let me go ahead and find that. All right. I'm going to do my best plot summary voice. <clears throat> An unseen monster, a vanished preteen boy, and a mute runaway. Strange things are afoot in the quiet town of Hawkins, Indiana. When Will Byers disappears after a late-night game of Dungeons & Dragons, his mother, friends, and the town sheriff begin to investigate the mysterious events, finding more questions than answers. Meanwhile, a young girl with unknown powers flees from the clutches of a furtive government organization. Bum, bum, bum. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. It is so important for a pilot to hook the audience. Uh, Make sure they're not changing the channel. Or if it's streaming, just stopping stopping the stream. Going from Netflix over to Hulu or Amazon. We don't don't change channels anymore. (laughs) We just pause it on our Apple remote. We yell TV pause. So I think each week we're going to talk a little bit about whether the pilot, you know, not sticks the landing, sticks the the jump, you might you might say. So whether or not the audience is engaged after scene one. So Mac, uh, can you walk us through the first scene of this episode? Yeah, so we've got a very ominous beginning to this show where we are at the Hawkins National Laboratory and there's lights flickering and a scientist runs away and we think, you know, some monster eats him basically. We don't actually know what happens. It's pretty quick. And then it cuts right to an adorable game of Dungeon and Dragons, and it's a it's a very good tie through there, uh, where we have our, our little group of tween boys, Aww. who are uh, dressed up like wizards, and they're playing D and D, and we see their little friendship, and then they ride away on their bikes, and there's a really cool like ET vibe where they've got their headlights on their like high handlebar bikes, and they they go away, and then we see um, Will Will see something, and he gets taken by Gasp. by a monster. And the, the the whole scene where he's running away and, and gets taken is just delightfully creepy and really well done. And that's our first scene is the lab, the Dungeon and Dragons, and then Will is taken. It's a lot. It's a lot to begin with. That is a lot. So would you say, as a viewer, you were engaged at this point? Very much so. I, I think it was a smart idea to open on the lab because we know that other things are happening, not just these cute little dudes uh you might say that there are stranger things afoot once you see that already but do you do you think that the duffer twins succeeded at engaging us here i mean any good show tells its viewers right away that they're willing to have people eaten by monsters even if i'm watching a romantic comedy i want to know that there's going to be some monsters certainly a documentary about world war one monsters this might be a different podcast. We're going to go down that route. But uh, but no, I, I do agree. It's 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 pretty intriguing. They they ask a very great first question. What the heck happened to Will? And I just got to keep watching. This is definitely an introduction to the show that shows us this is this is a scary show and we're also <gasps> going to care about the characters already. And True. this this is going to help us talk a little bit about how it got made. This this scary show where the characters are these sweet lovable kids. We want to know a little bit more about the Duffer Brothers, so we're going to spend just a minute talking about some production history of how Stranger Things was made. Taylor, you want to give me the first shot here? Sure, sure, sure. 
uh, Stranger Things got made when a stranger and a thing realized they love each other very much. <laughs> and Okay. And I won't go any Taylor, further. Taylor's a dad, and we're that's your dad joke for the week. No more. No more All dad right. jokes. Okay. No more dad jokes, I promise. Um, basically, we have M. Night Shyamalan to thank for the show, which I didn't think Ooh. I would say. I was shocked when I read that. Um, but the awesome. Duffer Brothers, they made kind of a zombie horror movie that went nowhere. I think M. Night Shyamalan saw it and asked them to write on his show that he was working on. And then they realized, oh, we could write our own show. And so they did. Thank you, That's M. Night pretty Sh- cool. Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can thank him for being terrified in, in multiple ways. And now we can talk about signs again. So we got two signs references. Yes. Oh my gosh. We'll, ju- we'll just forget that Mel Gibson was in that. It's fine. <laughs> when they created their pitch, the Duffer Brothers put John Carpenter music over shots of E.T. And that really explains the show right there. That would have been mm, a really fun thing to, to see. I think you would have to have some imagination uh, when you're watching that to be like, what's actually happening here? Yeah. It makes a little sense why uh, I think 12 or 13 networks uh, rejected the pitch. Even though the show is all about nostalgia and and themes and tropes we already know, um, it's not a classic pitch, you know, putting John Carpenter and E.T. together. Right. As we were reading, we found that most of these executives, they didn't want to show about kids for adults, thinking like, I don't know, adults didn't like the Goonies or something. Like, Right? Come, come on. on. I'm sure that they just, they didn't expect these kids to be so charming yes and it's written really well and their chemistry works so i think when you have great adult and kid actors it can be a show that has kids in it that adults will enjoy and good for m night Shyamalan and the duffer brothers for trying it out before we get into our key storyline storyline um let's talk about the title scenes because stranger things has one of the best in the yes It's like my favorite character, maybe, is the title scene. Does that count? Is the title scene itself. (laughs) I think it's very impressive because in a day and age where we all just, you know, skip intro on whatever streaming app (laughs) we're using, I literally never skip the title scene. I like Mm -hmm. when those red letters come up and the bum, 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 bum. Like, I am just engaged every time and it really adds to the creepiness, which I love. Oh, yeah. It gets your heart beating and you're like, I'm ready now. Yeah. And, you know, even in watching this, I watched a couple episodes of Stranger Things to prepare for recording, and I never skipped it because it just is, it's just amazing. I don't even know what the combination is. 80s music and the creepy Tron vibe, which I will tell you, Tron came out in 82, and this is set in 83, so I think there's something to that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All we're saying is don't skip the title scene of this show. Any other one, you're allowed. Uh, well, let's get into our. First key storyline for the episode, the disappearance of Will Byers. This is the name of the episode, so you know it's important. Um, And my main takeaway, Mackenzie, from this, thinking about this whole storyline, is the 80s really seemed like a great place, or a great time for kids to get kidnapped. Um, It is true. There's a lot of parental neglect. mm -hmm. Not a lot of Or free-range parenting, as Mm -hmm. they would call it. Mm -hmm. Free-range, grass-fed Ah, I'm sorry, that was kind of a dad joke. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, If you've read any book or watched any movie or TV show where kids are investigating, it always seems like the 
adults are completely inept, uh, especially the police. Um, Hopper does seem, does show in, in certain scenes that he is a competent investigator. But when he organizes a search party, it's in the middle of this foggy night. Um, it seems like a Demogorgon could pop up at any moment and murder any of them. Yeah. I, I'm impressed because they make us care about Will right away by showing mm -hmm. his friendships. And they, they zero in on Will and Mike's friendship even in the very beginning uh, couple of scenes where we see that those boys have a strong a strong connection, and Will is just so sweet, and so watching him get abducted is, like, a little bit, you know, traumatic, and, but then to watch him, like, get stalked by this creature, and no one's home, it's like, oh my gosh, the 80s is the perfect place for this to happen, <laughs> because, like, mom's at work, his older brother is somewhere else, probably helping to provide for the family, and he's able to, like, go get a gun in his garage, because it's the <laughs> 80s, you know, and, go find a loose I don't know. gun, yes. He knew how to use time. it. Yes. It, it didn't help good. him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you can't shoot a... I can't think of their name. Demogorgon, not Xenomorph. Um, it did make me wonder if this actor, he's like, oh, I got the part, and you're only going to be in one episode for, like, well, until the end. Possibly. He is in most... There, there are some flashbacks and things, but... True, true, true. We will certainly keep talking about the disappearance of Will Byers, since that's the whole episode. But let's move on to key storyline number two, everyone's favorite character, Eleven. She's the best. I just... She's the worst. Wait, the best. Sorry, the best. What? Okay, jean Raphael, <laughs> get out of here. Listen, I feel like here's the thing. I want everybody to go back and watch this, wa watch the pilot, and maybe even the second episode, because now we all know Millie Bobby Brown, and we see her, and maybe we're, like, a little annoyed because she's, you know, we've seen her be 13 through 16, and she's... She's a little annoying as a real person. However, she is such a good actress, and Eleven is so compelling. Her tears, her fear, her rage, I am so convinced. <laughs> her tears, I am a her fan. fears. Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown. It's a great name. So well it's done. It's just fun to say. Well done, her parents. I'm going to call her Robbie Brown and Melanie Robbie Brown. Bobby Brown. <laughs> Robbie Bobby Brown, her, her dad. Yes. <laughs> Um, so we meet Eleven. She is the best. No one can... If you argue that Eleven's not the best, I don't think you've watched the show carefully. No. But she has mind powers, so she's awesome, basically. She stops a fan with her mind. She murders guys with her mind. Okay, she self-defends, I guess. Yes. I wouldn't. I wouldn't convict her of murder. And she's also a kid. But I do love that they don't... Um, I mean, it's the pilot, so it would have been very foolish. They don't show the scope of her powers. They don't, like, right. give you a grisly view of her crushing a guy's skull. Um, Which would be awesome, but yeah. they're they're giving it to us in little doses. And you're right. They, they have us asking some questions of her because even when the boys meet her at the very end, spoiler if you haven't seen the whole episode, it's interesting because we lose Will in this pilot episode and we gain 11. And um, to watch their their interaction kind of weave together it it definitely sets us up for who is she going to be to this group mm -hmm. and i do think that it's very funny because we see her stop a fan and it's like not that big of a deal but i love that she takes her like 11 year old ish i think she's around 11 matches her name 
uh, her 11-year-old tween, whatever, and like, that band is annoying me. I'm going to stop it. And then she just takes it up a thousand notches and murders people. And, you know, mm-hmm. as someone who's been a tween, I feel that range of emotions very much. <laughs> she also introduces the people from the lab as being super scary. What do you think of these guys who are trying to catch her? Uh, they suck. Well, they're bad at it. I mean, <laughs> they can't do it. I don't know. I don't know what they're expecting just having guns. Like, clearly, if you're going to catch this um, telekinetic girl, you need, like, a tranquilizer or a net or something. I don't know. But the white-haired doctor, he's he's got some good villain vibes, you know? I'm he does. It. I'm digging it. Not that old well, lady, though. She was creepy. She is. And pretending to be, like, a CPS person and then coming to murder Benny, that it's like... corn dog. Seriously, cold-hearted corn dog. Mm. Uh, I think it's a great setup because it's almost shocking how evil these adults are to, like, you know, come and kill people to catch a child. And it, it makes us wonder, like, what else are they willing to do? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see that throughout the whole, the whole season. So it's a great setup to be like, wow, these are really bad people. If they really want to show how evil they were, they should have shown them pouring milk into a bowl and then pouring cereal into the milk. Wow. <laughs> we, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. There's a complex there. Well, that's a good time to move on to key storyline number three. And that is the Nancy and Steve relationship. I think your John Raffio needs to come back for this one. Because Steve... Steve is the worst. Uh, initially. Do we grow to love him? Yes. But in this pilot episode, I just cannot. Yes, I'll pretend that I don't know that he's the best later on. In this episode, he's only the best sex offender. Aw. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's a very sad 80s stereotype. Yes, and we will see a lot of those in in this episode. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great 80s, uh, in, you know, characters, those classic 80s characters, and Steve, he's he's a horny bully? I don't know what we'd, <laughs> the horny what bully. we'd call him. <laughs> But I think mostly, obviously, we're watching this in 2020, but he's, you know, he's not taking Nancy's no for an answer, and she has to be the goody-goody to turn him down, and obviously it's well-written because we're supposed to not like him, and we don't. We're supposed to be like, oh, I hate that guy, but I love his hair. It's so great. Oh, that damn hair. Do you feel like, um, as your husband's hair has grown out, you've felt any Steve vibes? definitely although his hair is curly <laughs> True. and he's not a jerk i you know what later in this series steve vibes from my husband okay. because he's okay. very sweet and he's got a great head of hair so <laughs> let's move on to number four another great stereotype the kind of rough sheriff hopper hopper i'm just thinking Guys, of good Dennis old hopper sorry no, he's not going to get his head chopped off on top of a moving <laughs> Ooh, good subway. I don't... Great Thank movie. you very much. Or the uh, the grasshopper from A Bug's Life. All right, there's just some good hoppers out there. Sorry. Um, I got a question to ask you first to start okay. in our discussion of Hopper. Is he a sex symbol? He might be the 80s like tragic hero sex symbol. Mm. If mm-hmm. that if is that a trope? Listen, we were toddlers in the 80s. We were born in 87, so I don't know exactly. Uh, but we certainly get a lot of dad bod. And 
I wanted to like shield my eyes a little when I saw his like gut hanging out over his like op- open <laughs> jeans. But then I was also like kind of intrigued. And so maybe it worked. Whatever they were trying to do there worked. Yeah, it's, it's a good intro for him. You know, the, the getting ready, brush your teeth with a beer and a cigarette. And some pills. And some pills. It's a great, it's the triquintfecta. It's, yeah. All that said, we love Hopper. He, he's a rough, he's a rough jerk. A rough, a jerk you're supposed to love, unlike the jerk you're supposed to hate, who is Steve. The pilot asks a lot of good questions overall. I don't know how I feel Mm. about the mini storyline of Hopper and his daughter's death. Um, It brought something to his character slightly, but I don't even know if they needed to even bring it up at all. Well, I will say... I don't. I hate to disagree with you, my dear twin brother, but there there's a a scene where they're in the woods with the search party, and the the cute AV club teacher asks him about cute. you know his daughter. Well, he's he's like adorably nerdy McKenzie cute. I'm not nerds. Okay, whatever. I'm not even gonna. Was that a pigeon? Okay. Um, I'm try, I'm turning this train around. Uh, he he's like a he's an adorable nerd teacher. Whatever. There we go. He is talking to Hopper about his daughter, and then somebody whispers, like, oh, no, he, you know, she died. But Hopper was saying, like, oh, my daughter, she was always into kind of the universe. Like, she would kind of understand these bigger things, but I like kind of being here on the ground. And I think that's a very interesting introduction to him because we'll see throughout this season that he ends up really dealing with the supernatural and being a hero because he's willing to literally go into the Upside Down and... He, he's taken from this guy who only understands what's in front of him. And we see that actually several times throughout this pilot where he's, you know, oh, Joyce is just being emotional. Or, you know, have you called mm-hmm. the, the ex-husband all the way to believing about like an alien, you know, a, other dimension? So right. I don't know. I think that bringing up his daughter and having that line, maybe it was just well-written, a good foreshadowing. But we can okay. see that okay. he's wounded. Okay. He is wounded. You know, he's he's wounded and eventually believes in something weird. Okay. <laughs> What's our final storyline, Tay? Number our five. Our final key storyline is nostalgia. The character of nostalgia. Yes. It's basically a character in this show. Wait, who did I say it was my favorite character? No, that's the title scene. I think. Your favorite character is Eleven also. <laughs> Can you just pick one? I can't pick. I love them all. <laughs> I love Will. I love brother and sister from season three the most they're the best but spoilers they don't exist yet thinking about how wrapped in nostalgia this show is um i was thinking like is this a period piece and then i realized it's more it's not making you look back and you know oh how interesting it was to be in downtown abbey or victorian time it's really just more of a time machine um, I'm sure for people who are a little older than this and experience the 80s more, they're just like, okay, it's the 80s. I'm in the 80s right now. Um, like when they were in the, doing the search party and they had these flashlights, I was just brought back right to like the cheap little flashlights <laughs> we had as we were kids. Like, man, they got all the details just right. Um, yeah, it was lovely. The lame dad, the nerds, the bullies. So perfect. Oh my gosh. That dad is so out of touch. We're, we're talking about... <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Will and Nancy's, or yes. I'm sorry, Mike and Nancy's dad, where he's like, what? Should I be helping? And I was like, if that's not an 80s dad, I don't know what is. 
uh, we've evolved a little bit. Dads, dads are asked to do a lot more these days, and many of them are stepping up to the plate. Go dads. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this show I think got a little bit of flack, at least from some of the things I read, where it was like, this is 80s nostalgia vomit. And what I love is the Duffer Brothers, they're really bringing through, like, it has those E.T. vibes, and we have mm-hmm. those those classic bullies. And this is a decade that we all kind of look back fondly in media with, you know, 16 Candles or, you know, E.T. or whatever. So I actually think they did it really well. And as being someone who doesn't love horror or scary movies or gore, I think the 80s whole vibe is such a great companion to that because right. it, it lessens it or softens it somehow where I'm like, you know, looking for the cool 80s tech or like, wow, look at that puffer vest. And then something jumps out at me and I am I can handle it, you know. Right. Well said, well said. I love that we got to the end of our fifth key storyline and we haven't mentioned Barb because <gasps> it's just like, well, sorry, Barb. Boop. Spoilers. She, she only makes it through the second episode. Just awkward. There we this go. This is a good time to mention... There will be spoilers in all of our episodes. Yes. Spoilers for the whole series, possibly. So yes. Spoilers keep for that every in mind. series we ever talk about. Um, well, that was great. Uh, how about we transition into our five key questions? All right. I am ready. And we don't know each other's answers, so it's going to be kind of fun Intrigue. to find out what we what we both think. Hit me with your best question. I regret that. Guys, you didn't know what you were going to get in for here. Dad jokes and Shania Twain. Okay, I love it. Shania Twain? I think so. We will look it up and find out by the end of this episode, okay? (laughs) Now, I'm going to ask the first question to Taylor, and I'm wondering, does this pilot have a message? That is our first question. What do you think? It doesn't, other than the 80s were different. (laughs) than it is now (laughs) i mean yes the message is look at this awesome monster story but honestly the the number of times that i watched that as i was watching that i thought man that would not happen today or like this was a different time even though it was only you know 25 30 or it's 2020 okay it was 40 years ago oh dear boy but all that to say i don't think they're trying to say much more than Look at this great 80s story. Do you have a different idea? Um, I do, but I just have to interrupt you and tell you that I was so wrong and I'm very <laughs> ashamed because Hit Me With Your Best Shot is written by Pat Benatar and that's definitely not Shania Twain. They're basically so the same. I lose. It is an 80s song, so that works. See, oh, really? we did yeah, it. We true. brought it full circle. Um, I think the pilot, you know, it doesn't totally have a message, although the one thing that I would say is friendship would be the message. I, I think the friendship of the boys, their little crew, is just so strong. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, they piss each other off, they fight like brothers, but it's their friendship where they're going out to look for their friend. Even they go to the spot he's abducted, and they're just these kids, but they're so, they have such a strong friendship that they're willing to go do that. And then even the friendship that they begin to develop with Eleven, I, I think there is some of a me- somewhat of a message about friendship. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. And I will say I am jealous of their Dungeons & Dragons friendship history. Just imagining playing 10 hours of Dungeons & Dragons with my friends in a day. That sounds pretty fun. Well, it sounds like it's coming back here in 2020. If you can be in the same room with people. Hashtag COVID. Okay. 
That's our zoom only COVID dungeons reference. and zoom dragons. All right, question number two: Was this pilot a success, Mackenzie? Well, I do think it was very good. I think that they had a lot to accomplish here in setting up their story because it's not just a normal like missing persons, you know, Law and Order SVU. Uh, there's a monster. There's a monster, and that's the reason that someone's missing. And it's not just that there's a monster. There's also someone telekinetic, and there's also nerds and backstories and. You know, we, like, are intrigued by Hopper, and we care about Will and his stressed-out mom. So I I think that it's it's a really tight, tight pilot for how much it has to do. What do you think, Tay? Yeah, to your point, um, they, they're lucky that the nostalgia angle sets up so many things that they don't have to explain other parts of the world. They're like rooted you in the 80s now here's our story right. and you don't have to we don't have to describe the characters that much you get the tropes you get the the archetypes um whatever um so yes that is true i i think what comes across as a big success here is that uh to me it feels like they have a three-year storyline written out even if even if they didn't like it looks like they did um you can go a lot of places with this show. Yes. Yeah, they ask great questions. They don't really answer any yet, but they don't need to. It's a mystery show. And there you go. We want to know more, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. our third question is our breakout star, and I can't decide which one, so I'm going to let you go first and tell me what you think. It's Robbie Bobby Brown. Robbie no, Bobby no Brown! <laughs> it is it is definitely Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. I had never heard of um David Harbour before this. And he's breaking out, you know. But so maybe it's a toss up, but those two for sure. I would have to agree with you. I hope that David Harbour has a good agent because this is such a great role for him and of course he doesn't want to be typecast, but I think he is someone that has to have some vulnerability in some way to really like him. And I think he's a villain in some movie. That's a, a really great content right there for you. Um, but I think he's somebody that if he doesn't have a great agent or he kind of knows where to go with his movies or TV, he might not be used well. And so I hope, I hope he does well. But I do think the breakout star really is MBB. She's just a magical little creature. And all of these kids are amazing actors. But watching her, she's basically acting with her face. She says no, pretty much. So the fact that we get so much from her is really incredible. And I'm excited to see what she does. Hopefully she does more than just like Godzilla, uh, that movie that no one saw. So, or King Kong was, no, I think it was Godzilla. Some giant creature she was the star of a movie about. Yes. Um, but I think we'll see more from her even as an adult. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. I did not realize that David Harbour was in the newsroom. Huh. What? All right. Okay, look forward to that podcast episode because that show is dope. And he was in Law & Order Criminal Intent. So I think that you set up a very good idea for the people at NBC to do a supernatural Law & Order SVU kind of crossover spinoff. I love that idea. So this is my favorite question of our five key questions, which is, 
who is your twin of the episode? And of course, not every episode is going to have twins in it, but what we mean as a pair of twins is who do we feel like we're most like in the series or maybe who are we like cringy feeling like, oh, I see too much of me in them. Mm. Who do we relate with the most? It could be anything. Who do we look but like Taylor. the most? I don't know. That is possible. Maybe not the Demogorgon on this one. <laughs> Taylor, who's your twin of the episode? My twin of the episode is a nerd like me. He's gentle Aww. and little. I was such a little guy, and he's little. <laughs> it's Will. Oh, cute um, little Will cute with his bowl cut. You had a oh, sick bowl cut. I had a, I had a, the bulliest bowl cut you could ever bowl. Um, yes, I really, I wanted it to be someone else. Lucas, I mean, that guy's awesome. He is pretty sweet. But no. Have you ever been kidnapped by a monster? I have, twice. Both times. Well, there you go. My friends found me. I don't know. No, that hasn't happened. But yes, it's Will. We're both nerds, and I couldn't get around that fact. Who is your twin? I mean, well, I think I share your slight shame in who you chose as your twin of the episode because mine is Joyce Byer. Joyce Byer. She is she's paranoid. She oh, is a dedicated mom. Yeah. And she might believe that light bulbs are talking to her. And <laughs> I feel like you could apply all of those things to me. I am definitely an Enneagram six if anybody knows what that is. Uh I I am anxious and you could talk me into a lot of things, I think, because of my anxiety have definitely been paranoid at times in my life i also have two boys like that joyce does okay so you know i i think i have i've matched her level of crazy at points <laughs> you, i don't just, think you ever have she gets pretty crazy you do grow up you did grow up with me and you've seen me like cry over not being able to get my hood out of my coat that is true um or that find my hairbrush so uh all I will say is, as I was watching it, the one thing I thought when she was just nuts and screaming into her phone, which got zapped, was, you know, by the end of the season, spoiler, she, it's her who really helps find him. She goes into an, she goes into an alternate reality to get her son. And that's where I'm like, well, maybe someday I could be that badass as a mom. But I, I think I, I, I'm crazy, but care that much. And that is why <laughs> she is my twin. All right. I wasn't on board at first, but now I am. That is, those are some good points. Do I have better hair than her? If we're talking about Will's bowl cut and her like <laughs> weird mullet mop. She, it's the 80s. Her hair is at least yeah. more, it's less 80s than like um, Mike and Nancy's mom. I don't know if she has a name. Oh, Karen. Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Classic 80s. Is it feathered or I don't, I don't. I mean, it's a little 70s for a faucet, but. Yeah, that's true. It's only a little bit after the 70s, so it works. Okay, we. what's our last question, Tay? Our last question is, um, I'm going to put you in the shoes of a TV executive and ask you if you're okay. going to pick up this show. Well, I'm going to put you in their shoes and their pantsuit. Ooh, can I have a power suit? It is a power, <laughs> it's a power suit, but it's like Michael Scott. You wore, you wore the wrong gender of suit. Okay, and well great i'm also four foot eight i'm really small so i hope it's like a child suit which you know it's cheaper. have i tried those on before it's yes i have value just like it's true okay i'm i'm in my child suit i'm an executive would i pick up this show well in concept i think it's a lot to ask for 
but I think it totally executes it in this pilot. I do think all I would need to see is this pilot and maybe a little bit of where they're going to go with the characters. And I would say yes. What really gets me, if I'm wearing that pantsuit, is that they cast Winona Ryder, the 80s creepy movie vibes queen. Mm, yeah. That just really helps. It's it's heavy-handed, but not too much so, where we, we lose her in the character, but it's enough of that awesome nostalgia where I'm like, yes, if they could get somebody of her caliber, this must be a fantastic show. But I, I really do think that, though they ask for a lot, the kids are amazing, the acting is great, and they leave me with a lot of questions that I want to see the answers for. And will Hopper rock that dad bod a little bit more? Uh-huh, I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, what about you, Executive Taylor? First, tell me what you're wearing, and then let me know. I'm wearing um, a triple XL alligator skin suit with that a, took a turn. bolo tie. Yep. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, if I had been pitched this show, I don't know that if they had said this is Goonies two, I would have picked it up. If they had just pitched me the show and not said Goonies two, I would have missed out on a lot of money. But if I watched this pilot, I definitely would have picked it up. I would have said, "You guys keep making it until you feel the story is done," because it's it, it seems clear to me that they know where they're going. Well, I hope you guys get to make a decision about if you would pick this show up or not. If you've seen it before, I hope you have, because we've just spoiled a lot of things. <laughs> I would encourage you to go back and watch the pilot again. You're probably going to want to watch the whole series again, because it is really fun. And we're going to be talking in this this whole podcast about shows that aren't that great, about pilots that don't yes. turn out very well. So it's not just going to be pilots that we think are awesome, but we will say that... This is an excellent pilot, and it really makes you want to watch more. Yes. Well, Mackenzie, if our viewers, if our listeners, you can't view this, I guess you could put it on your TV, the audio, and then play the video from something else. I don't know. But if our listeners want to learn more, where can they go? You can go to fromthetoppod.com. That's our website. Uh, All of our social media links are there. And we post on Instagram, Facebook, and sometimes Twitter, although Twitter is a dumpster fire. However, we will we will put embarrassing childhood photos of ourselves up there. We will ask you what what pilots you want us to analyze and deep dive. And we've already got a couple people give us some great feedback just from listening to our trailers. So let us know what you want to watch, and you can get some more behind the scenes on our episodes and on me and Taylor. That was the best. Thank you, Mackenzie. I had to bring in John Rossi one more time. Thank you for that. I want to say something witty and Tom Haverford like, I don't have it. <laughs> what? Thank you so Tom much for Haverford listening. Said, yes. Yeah. Before we go, we're going to play the theme song to the series that we'll be featuring next week as a little teaser. Here we go. Thank you, guys. That was a lot of fun. Uh, We hope you stick with us each week on From the Top with Taylor and McKenzie.